and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. We're in a series on faith. Last Sunday, Pastor Chad mentioned uh, a, a scripture that said, your faith has made you whole. Well, that's the topic that I have chosen, your faith, meaning you, your faith and what it can do for your life. So I don't have a scripture to start off with because I'm going to pound you with scripture later. I have studied faith for many years. I mean, I've studied it so much that you would think that I would have learned better to walk by faith, but I haven't. It's still a struggle. It's still a battle. It isn't always easy when the facts seem to line up and say it's impossible. And you try to claim it and you try to say, I believe God's going to do it when, when their voices say it's an absolute impossibility. Faith is important to the family of God and your faith is absolutely essential to your faith. I have six points in this message, so they're each brief. Number one is this. Two things I have learned about faith. Now, I've learned a lot more things about faith than this, but these are two almost oddities or strange things about faith. One thing that I have discovered about faith is that really surprised me. I believe that you can face times when you are so sick you are so depressed, you are so discouraged, you are so down and disheartened that you cannot have faith for yourself. Now, you have every right to disagree with me on that. I mean, you may think, I, I, I don't think that's right. I think we can always have faith for ourselves. But I know, I've been there. I've been there when I came down with pancreatitis that I've told you about about 11 years ago. I was out of the pulpit for three to four months and lost 40 pounds, and I was so sick I could hardly even uh, get up out of bed. It was terrible. It was terrible, but I, I remember that day that uh, I was, the very next day I was going back to the, to the doctor, and, and he was going to run another CT scan and see if the, uh, a, there was a cyst also on the pancreas. And I was sitting there that day, and Marquita was at the church and trying to take care of things there, and I was so depressed and so discouraged that I couldn't even have faith to reach up. But there was a man in our church that I kept thinking, I want to call him and have him come by and pray for me because he was an old man of faith. And, and uh, he had seen people raised from the dead. He had seen miracles happen in his life. Sitting there and the door of my house knocked and I went to the door and there was Lyndall. I thought, thank God. I, and I told him, I said, Lyndall, you're here by the plan of God, I wanted you to come and pray over me. I wanted you to lift my faith. And then they prayed for me. And that night we had several from our church come and they prayed over me and just fill me with positive and fill me with prayer. I went back to the doctor the next day. Dr. Woodall walked into the room and he looked at me and he said, you have made my day. And I thought, well, that's great, but I want you to make my day. I couldn't understand him. And he, I said, how? And as a matter of fact, I asked him, I said, how in the world did I make your day? He said, you have made my day because that cyst has shrunk half of the normal, half of the size that it was. 
And a few months later, I was in his office and he looked at me and he said, you are over pancreatitis and you will never have to deal with it again. Folks, that's what happens. Even when your faith, your faith can't reach up and claim it. You, you surround yourself with faith people. Surround yourself. That's what Chad said last Sunday with positive people. You ever have anybody that you don't dare ever ask them how they're doing? You know what I mean? You ask them how they're doing, and I'm telling you, it's about a 30-minute story of all the bad things that's going on in their life. When I, I do that, and I, I think, oh, why did I do that? You stupid idiot, why did you ask them that question? But just surround yourself with positive people. And not just positive people, but faith people. You surround yourself with them. A second thing that I have discovered about faith is that it's one of the most abused theologies in the Bible. Faith is betrayed. It is, mis it is misrepresented in so many different ways. People have made it sound like God is this great big Santa Claus that who will give you anything you want if you just speak and if you just sit on his lap and tell him you love him, he'll give you everything. We were talking to Moriah and she was telling about a lady that was telling people that she believes that God is sort of like a, a genie that you rub and come out, it comes out of the bottle. And I thought, you, you've got to be kidding me. God is not a genie and God is not a Santa Claus. He is our heavenly father who wants to minister to you and to meet every one of your needs. You have to understand that. Then, oh yeah, to combat the hyperfaith or the name it, claim it doctrine, we had what I call the no faith movement. You didn't dare preach on faith because, well, somebody might misconstrue something, and so you just stayed away from faith. But as I said, I've always been a faith teacher, and I, I just couldn't stop because I believe in it so much. I believe that it's so vital to the future and to the growth of the church. So I preached on faith one time at Nixa, and I remember after the service, a, a young man came up to me, and he uh, was one of our Bible students, and he said, thank you for preaching on faith. He said, we never hear any teaching. It's never talked about in school. And I thought that is just as wrong as the hyper faith, the wrong overabundance of faith. I, I believe we need to have a balanced teaching on faith that tells us how we can connect with God, but how connecting with God will draw us closer to Him. But today I'm going to preach a sermon possibly unlike any you've ever heard before. I'm going to show you straight from the Word of God, not from some faith scholar or not by my opinion or not by anybody else's thoughts, but I'm going to show you what God says about His power to perform miracles. Now, let me issue a disclaimer before I go into the Scriptures. There are some that will hear what I'm going to say today, and they can walk out of here saying, that preacher told me that I could have anything that I want if I just ask God. If I just demand God do it, why, I can have anything that I want, and God has to answer my prayers. And so they go out with greed. 
And then there's the other side. Those sweet little darlings that will say, I don't believe it. I have always been taught that if it's just too good to be true, then it's probably too good to be true, so I can't believe it. Well, sweetheart, you walk out of here with your sickness and with your problems, and don't worry, God's not going to force you to be healed. You can walk out of here with your problems just the same as you came in, but I want you to know that God is on the throne and God is wanting to meet your needs. He wants to meet your needs more than you want him to meet your needs. Now, does that sound impossible? But that's the God that we serve. Now, from the rest of this message, I will be offering relatively few comments. I'm going to give you scripture to prove what I say. Folks, I've heard people start doctrines on one or two scripture. I don't buy that. I don't believe that. I believe that you have to have a solid foundation in the Word of God if you're going to teach something to be true. Well, therefore, this morning, I'm going to show you by the Word of God what God can do. Point number two is this. Does God keep His promises? Pastor Chad said last Sunday that he has heard that there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Well, i got to be honest with you, I've heard that there are over 16,000 promises in the Bible. I don't know, I've never counted them, so I have no earthly idea how many promises there are. But I can tell you this without any question or hesitation. Every one of those promises can be applied to you. No, 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 no. Now, that, that's, that, that's just a little bit ridiculous. No, it's not. Every one of those have promises. If God made a promise in the Bible to someone that's still applicable for you today, if God heals somebody of cancer, God can still heal cancer today. We try to live on, well, I just, I, I, I just can't believe it. I just can't walk on faith. So we don't ask God for anything. We're afraid to ask God. But listen, Joshua 23, 14. Behold this day, I'm going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. Now listen to this. God, does God keep promises? Listen. All have come to pass for you, not one word of them has failed. Can you see that? I mean, that's just, that's just stunning. 1 Kings 8.56 says it this way, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised through his servant Moses. Isn't that staggering? To think that God has never let you down on a promise. I know, I know, I know. You say, but God has never given me a promise. Well, obviously, then you've never picked up the Bible. Because the Bible is a book of promises for you. You can stand upon the Word of God and trust the promises of God's Word. Do you hear me? That book is a book of promises. And Todd, it's directed to you. And Anita, it's directed to you. And Adam, it's for you. Do you understand? 
It's for every one of us. Just, you've got to appropriate those promises. You've got to live in those promises. You've got to claim those promises. I, I wanted to use this as the groundwork for this message today because I believe it is so important that we realize our God is a promise-keeping God. Not one promise, not even one had failed. All that God had promised, He had performed. Now, if you don't believe that God is still the same today, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to ask you to show me in the Bible where God lost His power. I mean that. I want you to prove to me from the Word of God that God can't do it today. Because I read in Hebrews 13, 8, and it's on your scriptures there, Jesus Christ, what? Read that. Somebody read that out loud, several of you. Jesus Christ is? Now that, <laughs> that doesn't mean what it says, does it? Come on, now that, that, that's, that's a little bit ridiculous. To think that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did back then, he'll do today, and what he do today, he'll do tomorrow. Do you really believe that to be true? 100% I believe that the Word of God tells us the truth. So, yes, God keeps His promises. How can you appropriate His promises? That brings me to point number three, your faith. Pastor Chad mentioned those scripture last week, that one verse on how that faith. So let's go through a journey right now. There are a bunch of scripture that tell us that it's our faith that brings about the answer. Matthew 9, 22. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Mark 10, 52. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Luke 7, verse 50. Then he said to the woman, Your faith has not healed you. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Luke 17, 19. And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Luke 18, 42. You see, friend, I'm not making a theology on one or two verses. I am showing you what the Scripture says. You say, well, I can't believe it. But then you don't believe the Word. Because I am only, I am only preaching the Word. Luke 18, 42. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Are these verses telling me that I can heal myself without God's help? That's ridiculous. You know better than that. Absolutely not. We cannot heal without God's help. But God's power to heal or God's power to answer our prayers is not the question. God, if, if, if we have faith in God and we believe God, we can stand upon the fact that His power is always there available for us. His power, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, Today and forever, he has never lost that power. 
It has never changed. It has never diminished. So we can depend upon his ability. He's just waiting for us to let our faith relax and our faith to reach out and touch his faith. And when it does, bam, let me tell you, great things can happen. But it's your faith that's got to be released. I can stand here all day long and say, yeah, I know God can heal. I know God can provide my financial miracle, but I don't know if he will do it for me. That's not faith. That's not faith. Faith says, I know that God can and that he will do it for me. God will meet your needs, friends. He longs to meet your needs. He, he's, he's just, he's waiting in heaven for you to, to reach up with your faith and touch the hem of his garment. And when you do, great things will begin to happen. All of these instances, Jesus' power was present to act, but each one of them had to release their faith. Does that make sense? Do you understand that? You have to release your faith to reach out. You can stand here and say, I, I just, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. Well, honey, let me tell you, you're right. You're not worthy and you don't deserve it, but you don't receive it because you're worthy and because you deserve it. You will receive it because Jesus loves you. You will receive it because he died on the cross for you. And it says that with his stripes, you were healed. Every miracle is available to the church today. Do you hear this? It's available for you. Point number four, let's talk a few verses about faith for your healing. Exodus 15, 26. And, and Jesus said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, Give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. You notice those? You notice what it's saying there? It is not saying that you don't have to do anything. It just, all you do is just speak it and God has to do it. It says there's a requirement on our part. But he says, if we will do our part, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. And I stand upon the last line of verse 26. For I am the Lord who heals you. Friend, when you get sick, go to these scriptures. Live in these scriptures. If you need more, I've got more. I couldn't get them all on here. But if you need more, I will give you more because the word of God is literally filled with verses telling us that God will meet our needs. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. It's past. It, it's already done. You understand that? By his stripes, we are already healed. You can go to God and say, God, when, when you go to God, use these scriptures. Use these verses. Quote them or, or read them off of this piece of paper and say, God, you said that you would heal and that you would do miracles for us. 
So I believe that you have the power to meet my needs. You have the power to save my son. You have the power to save my daughter. There is nothing impossible with you. Scripture that's not on there is 1 Peter 2.24 where it says that with his stripes we were healed. Folks, it's, it's already been paid for. The price has been paid for. Oh, God can't heal me. I'm not good enough. I, uh, no, I, I just don't have enough faith. Well, then begin to live in faith. Begin to work up your faith. Begin to, to promote your faith. And begin to believe God for your answers. Stand upon it. James 5, 14 and 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. The Lord will raise him up. The Lord will raise him up. Did you hear that? But it doesn't say the Lord may raise him up. It says the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So God said, I'll save him and I'll heal him. That's the promise that's available for you. Every promise in the word of God, Brian, is you, you're, you shouldn't be here today. I mean, Brian Perry fell 30 feet straight on his head. Proves he has a hard head. <laughs> but, but that's beside the point. Well, he should have been dead. And you know that, Brian. You, you know that. There can be no question about it. That's the power of God. God can do miracles. He can, he can do anything. But there are some requirements on my part, and that's point number five. Lest we go out of here with greed in our hearts. Lest we go out of here saying, Man, I'm going to go out and buy that new Ferrari because the pastor said I can have anything that uh, the God will do anything for me. Well, that's fine. You, I, I give you consent to go buy that new Ferrari. I just don't want to be around when the first payment comes due. You understand? How are you going to make that first payment? How are you going to pay the insurance? There are certain things I don't need. There are, there are certain things that I just don't need. And so if I ask for those, God's going to say, you've got to be kidding. I've heard people said, God answers in one of three ways, yes, no, and wait. Then I heard somebody else say that God answers in three ways, yes, no, and you've got to be kidding. So think about that one. Requirements on your part. James 4, verses 2 and 3. You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and you war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. Now, I don't want to be accused of that. If I need something, I want to ask. You say, well, what if you don't even know if it's the will of God for your life? Go ahead and ask. Seriously, go ahead and ask. God can tell you that's not best for you and you don't need it, and then you can back off. But I don't ever want to be accused of where you didn't you didn't get that miracle because you didn't ask. But now look, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. You ask for something that you don't need, that is not best for you, that you may spend it on your own pleasures. 
In other words, I'm talking about greed. We want it and so that we can have more fun and we don't care what it costs anybody else. Let me tell you, God is not that kind of God. God will meet your needs and he will even meet some of your wants. But he is most concerned about your needs, what you really genuinely need. And God knows that. You do not have because you don't ask or you don't receive the answer because you ask for things that you don't need or for things that are selfish. 1 John 3, 21, 22. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Look at what it says now. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. I, I didn't write this. I wouldn't have had the guts to write this. No way, no way. Whatever, whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because, or if, we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. I believe God is telling us that when we truly operate in God-like faith, it will change our wanter. You say, what is a wanter? Well, it's that thing that every one of us have inside of us that says, I want this and I want that and I want this and I want that. I believe God will change your wanter to desire the things that are most beneficial for you. I'm talking about that Ferrari, and, and if God has blessed you financially and you can afford that Ferrari, I have no problems with you going and buying a Ferrari. I'm going to... Brother James, Brother Josh here has a, has a brand new pickup, and I saw that about two weeks ago. And Josh, when I saw that, I came in and said, who's pickup? And Josh said, that's mine. I was thrilled to death for him. I was so happy that he got that brand new pickup. I mean, it is gorgeous. It is so sharp. He won't give me a ride in it, but I just take, hope maybe if I'd say something nice about it, he'd give me a ride, but so far he hasn't. But I love seeing people blessed. And if you've got the finances to, to buy a home in Highland Springs, go buy a home in Highland Springs and enjoy it. Don't feel guilty. Don't let that hang over your head and say, well, I, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I'm the, <laughs> I've always been the type, I can go buy a pair of socks and think late when I get home, think, I didn't need those. <laughs> I think I'll just take those back. I'm just... Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. He changes what you want. That's, that's growing close to God. That's growing close to God. Using your faith to pull closer to God. And then he will, as I said, I'm, I'll read you a scripture here in a minute that tells us that he will give us the desire of our heart, but only after we serve him. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, what? What's it say? Read it to me. According to his will, he hears us. Did you see that? And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. That's amazing. Is it his will? 
How do I know the will of God? Sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes that's not easy. If you search for the will of God and you honestly pray for the will of God and you make a decision, even though you have not had a final answer, I believe that you have been open that God in love will turn you around and stop you from making a wrong decision. So it's okay. Psalms 37.4, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And I think it's Philippians 2.19 or 4.19 that says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He, he will supply all your need. But here in this verse, it says he will give you the desires of your heart after you delight yourself in the Lord. The contemporary English version says it this way, do what the Lord wants and he will give you your heart's desire because your heart's desire will perfectly line up with God wants, what God wants for you. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Did you see that? Put God first and all these things shall be added to you. So you see, I am not preaching a selfish gospel. I am not preaching a greedy gospel. And I am preaching a balanced gospel. But now, now, I, I, these, these scriptures I'm coming up with now, I have lived in these scriptures for years. I have used these scriptures. I have quoted them. And point number six is this. Can God answer all of my prayers? Get set. We're getting ready to go through the Bible. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to him, if, that's a big word there, you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. That means you. Alan, that means you. Josh, that, that, that means you. Josh, I believe God blessed you because you're serving God with all of your heart. It's not because you're necessarily deserving more than anybody else or because you're better than anybody else. It's just because you have made a decision to follow Christ and God has blessed you. Matthew 7, 7 and 8, ask and he might do it for you. Is that what it says? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. Look at this. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. And then this next passage, I have, I've, I'm serious, I have lived in this passage. Mark 11, 23 and 24. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, and this is the part that, that just blows me away. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. He changes what you want to where your main goal and your main purpose is, I want more of you, Jesus. I want more of you. I want more of you. I mean, it's just, hey, let's go ahead. John 14, 12 through 14. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Folks, do you see what that says? Those who believe in Jesus will do the works that he does and greater works than he did? God, it doesn't say the preachers. It doesn't say the, the, the big faith preachers. It says to him who believes or her who believes, you can do the things that I did and greater things than these will you have the ability to do because I go to my Father. He sends the Holy Spirit back. Folks, do you know that when you have a problem, you don't always have to call the pastor? Now, call. You give me, you call me. I'll give you my phone number. You can call me. But what I'm saying is you have the power and the authority within yourself to pray over a situation, and God will answer you, and God will meet your needs. But look at the rest. I mean, this just blows me away. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I have looked, I have studied these scriptures now for the last 10, 12 years. Heavily, heavily. And I'm, I know Chad, Pastor Chad alluded to this, that some of these things just sound too good. And I have looked at them and I've thought, they, they just can't mean what they're saying. There has to be another meaning here. And, and, and so I've studied it in different translations. And can I tell you something? I've come up with this answer. It says what it means, and it means what it says. <coughs> you can trust God. You can believe God for anything. Do I live in this realm? No. Is it available for me? Yes. Yes. Is it available for you? Yes. Matthew 19, 26, and I'm closing. Sometime. Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, what's it say? What's that one three-letter word? Things are possible with God. Nothing is impossible. Matthew 21, 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. There again, it's not you might, you could. It's very positive. You will or you shall. Matthew, uh, John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. See, there's another requirement. We've got to abide in His Word. We've got to read His Word so that we understand His Word. Get the Word in us. That's what those Scriptures are for. I hope you don't just throw those away. And as I said, if you want more, I've got more than I'll send anybody that asks. Because I believe in it so very, very much. If you say, well, I just don't have time to read all the Bible. Well, use these. Build, build these up in your strength and your most holy faith and 
that God began to speak through you. Then John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That are you bearing, let me ask you this question. Are you bearing fruit? What's that mean? It means are you living for Jesus to where people can see Jesus in you? Are you? Wherever you go, are you living for Jesus? Or do you every once in a while begin to use some curse words? And when you do that, don't you know that you're hurting the work of Jesus? Do you know that? Oh, that went over like a lead balloon. Woo! Your language tells whether you're a child of God. It says to others that I thought he was a Christian, but he must not be a very big part of his life. You see, I'll go on. <laughs> what fruit are you bearing? Can people look at you and say, he's a Christian, she's a Christian? Not because you wear a shirt that says, I'm a Christian, but because you live the life that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Folks, did you see that? I think there are other scriptures on there that I, I, I'm stopping right there. I think there may be a few more on there, but if you will take these scriptures and you will meditate upon them and realize that God is not giving you a free end to have everything that you want. He is saying, let me change what you want and then I can give you what you need and you will be more blessed than if you had all the things that you want, but you did not put me first. It will make all the difference. As Christians, we live so far beneath our privilege. Did you know that? Now, I'm not just talking about in our finances. We live in sickness. We live in defeat. We live in depression. We live in troubles. It's time the church rise up and live in the realm that God has called us to live the realm of faith. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.